Bokar Tov, we are studying Melachim Aleph, chapter 3 today. The story so far is that Adoniah tried to, t- tried to take the kingship. David stepped in, made Shlomo the king. Then David gave advice to Shlomo as to how to establish his kingship. Uh, Adoniah tries to marry Abishag. This tips off Shlomo that there is conspiracy in the air. So he goes around, he kills Adoniah. Then he banishes Eviatar HaKohen for joining Adoniah. And then he... Uh, kills Yoav, and then he tells Shimi, who was the, the, the leader in Binyamin, who had cursed David as he was getting chased out by Avshalom. He tells Shimi ben Gera that you have to stay in Yerushalayim, as the Pasuk says, keep your, your friends close and your enemies close. Right? Not the Pasuk, I'm kidding. Okay? But, um, and then after three years, or. Why does he want to keep him here? Because keep him nearby so he can't go to Binyamin and get people against the, the king. He wants to stop, make his kingship stronger. All of a sudden. Shimi ben Gera claims that his soldiers ran away to Achish, king of Gath, in uh, modern-day Gaza, in modern-day Gaza, and he uh, and he goes to he saddles his own donkey to go get his servants to go get his, his slaves. He goes and he brings them back, and then word gets to Shilamot that he had left, and he says, "Look, we had a deal. You're not supposed to leave." Uh, now there is a commentaries that say that that. This, he was up to no good. Shimi ben Gera was actually using his slaves as an excuse to get away and go make an alliance with an enemy king. You know, kind of like what Yair Lapid is doing right now. Just make a, make alliance with all the anti-Semites around the world and just to sabotage the Israeli government. Are okay? we trying to do? No, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But there's not, it's not good what's going on in Israel right now. There's a lot of, of hardcore progressivism which is rearing its ugly face and it's coming to the detriment of the entire country. There are a lot of crybabies in the government that are willing to sabotage the entire country and the economy just to stay in power. And it's very, very disgusting. And it's something that needs to be addressed. But uh, whatever, side note. Okay, so uh, Shimi ben Gera, he, he goes, um, he runs away. He, he goes to get his story. He, he brings it back. Shlomo uh, not so fast. You have the death penalty because you broke our, our uh, agreement. He kills him. And then the Pasuk says that the kingdom of Shilomo was established well. Okay? Now, we're going Benaya to... Benaya killed him. Yeah, Benaya killed ben, Benaya is always doing the killing because he's the general of Shilomo's army. Mm-hmm. Okay, now chapter 3 is interesting. Chapter 3 has a, a couple topics. It has three topics. No, it's two topics. One is that Shilomo marries the daughter of Paro, which is an interesting thing. And two, the second half of the chapter, the main part of the chapter, is the famous story of Shlomo getting the dream in which Bariolam asks, what do you want? And he says, I want an understanding heart and I want to have wisdom. And then the chapter ends with a display of his wisdom with the story of the two women who approach Shlomo and both claim that the child is theirs. And he says, cut the child in half. And then the woman says, no, it's looking... Yeah, yeah, it's in this chapter, okay? okay chapter three, we begin with the, pas- with the first pasuk. Vaitchaten Shlomo et paro melech Mitzrayim. He married with, uh, into the family of Paro, king of Egypt. He, br- he marries the daughter of Paro. He brings her to the city of David. And he brings her to the city of David until he finished building his own house and the house of Hashem. He actually built the house of Hashem first. He built the Beit HaMikdash and then he built his own palace. And then... In the meantime, he had kept her in the house of David. Okay? Pasuk Bet, Raka'am, at the same time, at this time, 
The people were offering offerings on Bamot. Now, what are Bamot? They bamot are, person, are personal outside Mizbachot that you could just make in your backyard or on your roof Before or the in your yard. Yeah, exactly. Because at that time, the people were still bringing Bamot because there was no house that was built for Hashem until those days. So this is it. That's what we know so far about Shlomo's marriage to the daughter of Paro. Now, what 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 would be the purpose she, she, he of her? of inserting? So that so there's a lot of discussion about that. Um, what would be the purpose of bringing up this thing that Shlomo marries the daughter of Paro? Is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? Why is the pasuk telling us this? So I'm not exactly sure, but there are different opinions or different ideas as to what it could mean. First of all, in terms of the halachic uh, um, permissibility of this. Was he allowed to marry an Egyptian in general? Well, we have a halakha that says for a Mitzri, you have to wait two generations before you marry in. That's in the, that's in the Chumash. That the third generation of Egyptians, first two generations are Asur. Third generation of Egyptian is Mutar. Now, how does that work? It's when an Egyptian converts for the first two generations after conversion, they're not allowed to marry a Jew. Until, or they can only marry another ger until the third generation, in which then they're allowed to marry into the Jewish people. Now mm-hmm. we don't have the Egyptians anymore today, so it's not relevant. Okay, but so her grandmother but, had to have converted. So in theory, her grandmother had to have converted for her to be permissible to the, to Shlomo, which was obviously not the case. Right. So the Chachamim say it seems like Shlomo is violating halacha. So there are various opinions. Some say he converted her, and this halacha does not apply to converts, meaning you don't have to wait. Three generations for a convert. Some say the halakha is that you only have to wait three generations from the original Egyptians of uh, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay, or um, some opinion. One opinion says that he uh, that she was it, it, it applies to Egyptians even when they convert, but it doesn't apply to women. Mm. So uh, it was permissible to him because of that. Or some opinions say that he sinned, which is also very probable. Mm-hmm. Which could be the the peshat actually. Probably peshat. Probably the Peshat that, easier just tell him that, to say that, that he, he was a king who had become very established. He was a very powerful king. And this is the start of his wanting to make alliances with other kingdoms. Very good. All of the, the, the wives go back to Yeah. Worship. Now, on the flip side, on the flip side, uh, let's read a few more Sukim. Shalomo loved Hashem to go in the ways of David's father. His only problem was that he was still bringing Bamot. Meaning, Shlomo's main sin was that he didn't build the Beit HaMikdash, he was bringing Bamot. Now, the Chachamim say, if the marriage to Paro's daughter was a sin, then they, it would have mentioned that here. It would have said, his only issues was that he married Bat Paro Isur and that he would bring Bamot. But the fact that it only says that he brought Bamot as a sin means that that wasn't a sin. So maybe the Isur to marry an Egyptian is only for the men, it's not for the women. Mm-hmm. Is, there, yeah. is there a different rule? Or it only applies if they don't convert, and this one will convert. Is there a different ruling for a king? Is there a different ruling for the king? Not necessarily. For that halakha, that yeah. specific din? No, not that we know of. Okay? So, so this is all a, a side point. One of the opinions, one of the opinions says that it wants to show... I mean, the, the Kingship always makes you think you're above the law. Okay, that that's for sure, like, on a very Peshat level, what, what you could describe as happening. But there is a uh, one opinion that says the fact that it says that he loved Hashem, it means that, it means that, 
what's the way they explain it? That he he loved Hashem so much, but they didn't have enough fear of Hashem to keep the halacha. Something like that. Side note. Now there's one more midrash. Spiritual but not religious to follow halacha. He he was he was very 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 in love with Hashem, but he also that love took him to places in which he took liberties with the specific isurim or being you know protective over keeping the basics of the deen. Mm-hmm. Um, one last midrash I should bring to your attention because it's a big midrash that comes up in all the mifrashim. They say the reason it talks about him marrying Bat Paro right after the death of Shimi ben Gera. You would never believe this midrash. But the midrash actually says because Shimi ben Gera was his rabbi. And as long as Shimi ben Gera was alive, Shlomo would not do any sur in front of his rabbi. And once his rabbi passed away, or was killed by him actually, then he felt the freedom to do isuri. Why would Shimi ben Gera be his rabbi? I have no idea. So if anybody, if anybody knows why Shimi ben Gera would be Shilomo's rabbi, you could let me know. But that's a midrash that also appears. So I don't know. I, I know it's a little bit confusing, but this is a little bit of a cryptic passage. Okay, Peshat, Shimi ben Gera is killed. The next thing the story tells us is that Shilomo married Bat Paro. Is it a good thing? Probably not. But it doesn't mean he doesn't love Hashem because the next passage says he loves Hashem. And I think the theme of Shilomo is going to be he loves Hashem so much, but the, the fear of Hashem is not necessarily as strong in his heart, okay? Mm-hmm. But he loves Hashem, and he goes according to the, the will of David, uh, or according to the ways of David. The only thing he's doing is that he's bringing Bamot, and that's because it's doing Beit HaMikdash. Now, the, the one more question the Chachamim asks is, why are you blaming him for bringing Bamot if there's no Beit HaMikdash? Like, what else is he going to do? It's and he says that David, right if you look at David, he only brings, he only brings uh, uh, Korban near the Aron. In Yerushalayim or wherever it was in Givon, right? So David actually didn't bring Bamot. So that was the lone thing in which he diverted from his father's ways. Okay, that's final. So I threw a lot of mefarshim at you, but uh, those—that's like a summary of all the mefarshim on this topic. So the king goes to Givon to bring Korbanot there. Because that was the main bama at the time. When he brought a thousand olot on that mizbeah, this is an exaggerated number, perhaps, because that's a lot of korban. I don't know how you even do that much in a day. The Radak says peshat. Radak says peshat is that it wasn't one day. Wait, he says peshat is that it wasn't one day, but he says Radak says if you look in the chachamim, it looks like they believe it was one day. How could we do with that many in one day? I have no idea. And then in Givon. God appeared after he brings so many korbanot. God appears to him in a dream. He says, ask what I should give you. Shlomo says, look, you did a great kindness with my father. That he went before you with truth and with, with righteousness. And with a straight heart, he was going with you. And you kept this great kindness with him And you gave him a son Who's sitting on his throne on this day Now Hashem, my God You made me king instead of my father David But I'm a young person I don't know how to go out and come in I don't know the war I don't know how to do the kingship Chachamim say he was 12 years old at the time. Pasuchet, Be'abdecha betoch ammecha asher b'harta, Am rav asher lo'i mane velo'i safer merov. And your servants, 
amongst the people that you've chosen are many that you can't even count them. Meaning, I'm not so intelligent. I don't know how to do this whole kingship thing. And at the same time, you have tons of servants, meaning Am Israel's number has grown, so there's a lot of responsibility. So please, he says, give your servant an understanding heart to judge the people. To understand between good and bad. For who can judge your heavy or, or let's say, let's say uh, um, your, your, your great nation? Who can judge your great nation? It sounds a little bit like Moshe Rabbeinu, by the way. Talking about your people. Okay. And the matter was good in the eyes of Adonai. That Shalomo asks such a thing. So God responds, Because you asked this thing, And He didn't ask to live to a long age, old age, You did not ask for wealth, you did not ask for the life of your enemies, And you asked that you should understand and be able to understand judgment and justice. I have done according to what you've asked, or I have given you a understanding heart, understanding heart, smart and understanding. That before you there was not like, and after you there will never be again, like your level of wisdom. Now Radak points out very importantly that this is not talking about Chokhmat Elohim. Because if you say that Shilamo is greater in Chokhmat Elohim than Moshe, you have a philosophical issue. Radak says it's talking about wisdom of nature. Mm-hmm. He was the most intelligent man of the nature, but in terms of knowledge of God, Moshe Rabbeinu was the, was the highest. Okay? Yeah. And whatever you didn't ask for, old age, wealth, this, that. I'm giving you. I'm giving you. Wealth, honor. That no king has had like you all the days. One last pasuk. And if you go in my path, to keep my laws and my mitzvot, then I'll even lengthen your days so you'll live a long life with wealth and with honor. So you'll get all of the other things that you could have asked for if you go in the way of God. Now one last thing to point out, he's giving him wisdom, but he's saying you will only get long old age if you keep the Torah. Meaning the fact that he's intelligent doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be intelligent enough to understand me'elav to keep the Torah. There is still going to be free will involved. So wait, he can—he knows judgment, but he can't. You would think someone smart necessarily keeps the Torah, but it's not that kind of wisdom. Again, it's not chokhmat Elohim, as Radak says. Right. Right. It's not—it's not wisdom of keeping God's way. It's wisdom of intelligence. Right. Okay. Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen. Amen.